If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Shut up, boy, don't tell me that. Please, son, don't lie to me again. This is what you did, just like what you did to CC. That's Andre Brower from Homicide Life on the Streets. Died yesterday at the age of only 61. Interesting mm. thing about him is he won several Emmys with that sort of act on Homicide, then got nominated for a whole bunch of more Emmys in a completely comedic role in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where he yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Deadpan, but hilarious, yeah. yeah. Boy, did we love Homicide Life on the Streets back in the day, Judy and I. What a great show. It's a great book, too, the the origin oh, book, if oh, you've never read that. Highly recommend that. David Simon, is that his name? I'll have to take your word. I don't recall. Uh, yeah, you want to learn about the realities of murders in big cities and how often they get solved and that whole thing. That is a great book. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Anyway, that's too bad. Andre Brower obviously had uh, some sort of health condition. I guess. Anyway. It will be missed. Uh, speaking of denizens of Los Angeles, I found this just so delightfully uh, accurate and informative from the Wall Street Journal. <clears throat> why it took 17 years to build 49 housing units in Los Angeles. This is all about the affordable housing, whether kind of your standard issue affordable housing that cities try to do or homes for bums and junkies or tiny homes or tent cities and parking lots. All of the enormous amount of money that the soon-to-be-completely-broke Cal Unicornia is, is pouring into getting bums and junkies off the street every dime of which seems to attract more of them, which is unfortunate. But I will absolutely concede that California especially has a terrible problem with the affordability of housing, partly because it's impossible to build housing in California. 
especially in the more conservative counties. Whoops, wrong, in the more liberal counties. There's, there's no harder place on earth to build anything than Marin County, for instance, in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's, it, they think Bernie Sanders is a conservative in Marin County, and you can't build a doghouse there because everybody's concerned about their property values. It's just hilarious. Hilarious. Anyway, the Wall Street Journal goes into... And, and all kinds of yeah. other red tape. I mean, I got a friend who, who spent years trying to open up a brewery in my very, very liberal college town. And, like, he would compare the costs for getting your sewer lines inspected oh, to open yeah. up the place at that town compared to the town next door that had different politics. And it was always multiples more. Right. Every yeah. aspect of it. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I had a friend who, and I've told this story before, but he wanted to open a business in Sacramento County. Actually, in, in the city of Sacramento. And uh, and the, the city guy said, yeah, all told, uh, permits and uh, all the permit for this, permit for that. It's going to be $60,000. And my friend said, well, then we can't open. We can't conceivably come up with that much money. I guess we're not going to start our business. And the guy said, well, could you do, uh, I don't know, thirty five? This is the government. Oh, wow. So mobbed up. Anyway, uh, the Wall Street Journal piece, and we're absolutely going there, what you brought up. Uh, why it took 17 years to build 49 housing units in Los Angeles and affordable housing development has faced nearly every hurdle that California law allows. L.A. nonprofit was given government land in January of 2007 to build a few dozen units of affordable housing. Okay? In 07. They're finally hoping to open the building next year. Lorena Plaza, a 49-unit development, right? So what? even if it's 33 people per unit, that's 150 people are going to get affordable housing. What is it? Affordable to who? Not the taxpayer. Seven, 17 years later. This is comical. Uh, it's taking longer to complete, uh, city officials said, than practically any other residential building this size in the history of Los Angeles. The 17 years of false starts and delays are an extreme instance of how difficult it's long been to build affordable housing in California. For both the homeless as well as lower and middle income workers, and in other states with complex regulations and high costs. Gee, what color are those states that have complex regulations and high costs? And those are the hardest places to provide affordable housing for workers. And not necessarily like free housing for junkies, but just, you know, where are the school teachers, the waiters and waitresses, uh, the, the store clerks of the world going to live? In metro areas, becoming tougher and tougher. The development has faced nearly every hurdle that California law allows opponents to place in the way of affordable housing. Uh, approvals by politicians and commissions took years often held up by a single determined opponent on the city council. It took the developers more time to win over skeptical neighbors who were particularly opposed to nearby housing for the mentally ill and homeless. Gee, I wonder why. Financing hurdles and other costs piled up along the way. Construction finally began about a year ago. And, and later into it, they do get into how incredibly easy it is in blue states to stop something with some phony environmental claim. There's one L.A. area neighborhood that was uh, that put off any affordable housing being built for years because they claim the entire town was a mountain lion habitat. So, uh, <laughs> and then finally, I'm not going to wear this uh, wear you out on this stuff because I think I've made the point about the blue states and how they promise you a utopia and make it impossible to just do any business or or even fulfill their own stated goals. 
But keep this in mind. In California, affordable housing developers typically abide by a host of requirements that nobody else has to when they take public subsidies, such as tougher energy efficiency standards and higher wages for construction workers. They often need to build amenities such as offices for social workers and transit-boosting features such as bike storage as well. So when the government says, yeah, we're going to take your tax money and we're going to use it for uh, building housing for people who, who need affordable housing, they load it up with all these other like virtue-signaling aspirational things that make it far, far more expensive than any similar building ever could be. Well, I haven't told this story for many years, and we're on a lot of different radio stations that we weren't on back when I told this story, because it was, geez, 15, 20 years ago. But bought this farm, me and my wife, that had a great horse barn and a whole bunch of horse stalls. And the idea was, well, we'll uh, we'll board some horses, you know, we'll let people board their horses here. And and this is before we had kids, and, you know, you do the thing, you, you feed them and water them, and people who have a horse but don't have any place to keep it, pay you a couple hundred dollars a month. That way they can come ride their horse whenever they want. That whole thing. Um, so then I went to, uh, you got to have a permit, I guess. Probably should have just not skipped the whole permit thing and done it anyway. But went to get a permit, and uh, the county started in. I mean, their their immediate attitude was, well, I before you think about that, you might want to think about this. I mean, for for whatever reason, their attitude is, you better not. If anybody yeah. wants to start any sort of business of any kind. But anyway. Well, and it's like being a landlord, too. You are immediately held in suspicion and contempt if you want to start a business or rent a housing unit. It's a weird attitude of, like, you, people shouldn't do stuff. People doing things is just bad, and we don't like it. And if we can stop things from happening, if you walk out the door discouraged, which I did, and decide not to do it, I'll feel better with my day because I've stopped you from doing something. Because they started into the, how have you had the barn earthquake retrofitted? And I said, no, and I doubt the person who built it did either. Do you have handicapped bathrooms? You're going to need a certain number of handicapped parking spaces. This is a gravel dirt lot. I mean, it's just No. Didn't have any, nice. and finally they got me discouraged enough that I just decided, okay, I guess we can't do that. As opposed to a world where you got somebody over there that has a ho- wants to have a horse, but it got no place to keep it. I got some place to keep it, and we decide between ourselves, hey, I'll give you three hundred dollars a month to keep my horse at your barn, and I say, sure, I got it the stalls, doesn't bother me, and we just do it. Right. But right. the government gets in the way and stops that from happening. And for some reason, again, the bureaucratic people that get those jobs enjoy that. You know, they I'm, feel this like is true. doing a good thing somehow. Maybe. Although, and this just occurred to me, many. this is true of many, many bureaucrat types. Not all of you, because some of you are, are cool people. You just went with the gig you thought was best for you. But a lot of those people are intent on quashing anybody achieving anything or building anything because they're the sort of drone who never will. You think that's and it, And they Michael? feel inferior. Absolutely. Agree with Joe 100%. Thanks, Michael. High five. That's interesting. So you must have experience with that attitude. But uh, just the the idea that somebody's doing something kind of fun, innovative, money-making just rubs them the wrong way because their lives suck. Well, I happen to know uh, the fabulous Tim Sandifer is going to be guest hosting while I'm on vacation uh, for a few days. And uh, and he's just brilliant at helping you understand stuff like this. But as we've said on the show for many years, uh, never use the word permit as a noun without thinking about it as a verb 
Why does the government have to permit you to put a roof over the head of your neighbor's horse who needs a roof over its head? How the hell is the government involved in that in any way? And and our generation who existed in a world where nobody would have thought, oh, wait a minute, I have a good and you have a need for the good. We better call the government and ask them what we're allowed to do. You know, people who grew up in the world without that, uh, are are dying off, unfortunately. Yeah, that's what I always say. We're only one generation away from nobody remembering things were any different, which is horrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I quickly learned living out the country, talking to other people who lived out there. Says no, you never get permits; you just do it. So everybody just ignores the law, which is what happens when in socialism, there's no way to succeed. So everybody everybody's breaking the law and getting figuring out ways around the law because you can't do anything any other way. Right. Right. Uh, two other very brief anecdotes. Uh, one, uh, an organization I am part of was going to improve its existing infrastructure and called the county about the permitting. And the guy came out and he said, this is all private property. Y'all should, should have just done it. Right. This is going to take a long time and a lot of money. He's like, but I, I've been called out. I got to file a report. And, uh, and the second thing was a, a friend who moved his manufacturing business to Texas and went to the county and said, uh, I'm going to expand my warehouse by 5,000 feet. Uh, and the lady looked at him and he looked at her. She looked at him. And then she said, go ahead. <laughs> Because he'd come from California, where you couldn't start your car and drive it to work without a government permit. And there he was in lawless, red, dangerous Texas. And the lady's like, why are you telling me? (laughs) Speaking of jobs, the U.S. Department of Labor just ranked the most stressful jobs in the nation. I saw that. It's it's really interesting. The 10 most stressful jobs on the way. Maybe you have one right now. Maybe you're so stressed out you can barely stand listening to the radio. Wow. Um, maybe we should, in a joking fashion, come up with the least stressful jobs. <laughs> I'll think about those. Um, all on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just been informed by my mom that there are two ways people shower, and we just realized that we both do the opposite thing. So when I shower, the shower head is behind me, so the water is, like, on my hair and down my back. Of course, I'll turn around occasionally and, like, move around, but she showers primarily facing the shower head, so the water, like, hits her in the face and down her body. And she's shocked that I do the opposite, and I'm shocked that she does the opposite. I feel like the normal way to shower is with the shower head behind you, and you're facing that way. Is anyone else surprised by this? So, hey, here's an idea. How about you get some actual friends and don't have these conversations online? So I'm wondering, there's got to be a limit, doesn't there, to how long people can be amused by the TikTok stuff of, you've been showering wrong your entire life. I have. How's that even? You bothered? brush your teeth, starting with the back teeth and moving to the front ones. I start with the front ones and move again. Get some real friends. That's who you have these conversations with. You're pooping wrong every day. Right. Seems to be going all right. <laughs> uh, coming up, some stuff: Israel, Hamas, Gaza. That's damned interesting. So, why does the U.S. Department of Labor even put out? A list of the most stressful jobs in the nation. Why do they compile that? What is the? You know, it's a job that's not very stressful right now. Uh, apparently, is being a journalist, and and this is a recurring theme. So you got this list of the top ten most stressful jobs, and they have the entire list of of stressful jobs, hundreds, thousands of jobs. What's the first question that leaps to your mind? In a story about the most stressful jobs, what are the least stressful jobs? But, of course, I can't come across a story that has both of them. So I researched it myself. But Yeah. Um, I don't know why they even do this. But counting up from 10 to 1, nurse, nurse anesthetist. The, if you're a nurse and you give wow. anesthesia to people. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's a word I could never say if you gave me 50 tries. Anesthetists. Anyway, you gave an anesthetist a ride in your Mitsubishi. You got to monitor people's vital signs and stuff like that. And if you do it wrong, you can kill them. So that would be a little stressful. Sure. I can I can have the worst day of my life doing this job. Nobody's going to die or even be injured. Unless you believe speech is violence. Um, Number nine, first line supervisor of retail sales workers. These are the supervisors that directly manage and coordinate activities of retail sales workers. What's notable about these lists is like the uh, nurse anesthetist uh, people make almost 200 grand on average. The uh, first line supervisor of retail barely makes 40. Yeah, so one of them makes 39, the other one makes 200 grand, and they both have a stress level of 96. That's a good point. Before you can go into a line of work, it's one thing to have a stressful job, but you get paid a lot for it. Anyway, we had to run through these quickly because we're running out of time. Uh, eight through one. Public safety telecommunicators obstetrics i can't say any of these words do you want me to do this <laughs> that's going to impact the enjoyment and, of the listeners and gynecologist is number seven acute care nurses six you're seeing a lot of health care stuff here mm-hmm. phone operators five stress level of 98 judges and magistrates very stressful at four anesthesiologist assistants similar to the same reason as before for how stressful it is but um, number two, film and video editors. Again, okay, your job is stressful, but people aren't dying if you make a bad edit in a movie. Mm-hmm. Number one most stressful job has a stress level of 100. It's perfectly stressful. 
urologists who wow. make up who make about two hundred k a year. Dealing with all that urine, urine, urine is stressful. I guess. Sure, absolutely. So, what are the least stressful occupations? I've scrolled down to the hundreds and hundreds of occupations at the very bottom: couriers and messengers. Least stressful. I've done that, and it was not very stressful. Cutters and trimmers. Hand. I don't even know what that is. Tapers is the third to the last. Yeah, these boxes are in conclusion cells. Hand me the tape there, Jim. <laughs> I don't know. Time to get to work. Why would that be the least? Why is film and video editor one of the most stressful jobs in the world? And probably deadlines. Aren't. Yeah. I don't even know what a taper is. What the hell's a you don't taper? Have deadlines as a courier, though? You don't like, have to get the package there on time? If it's late, it's late. What do I care? <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll check in on Israel when we come back. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got a fair amount of pushback on the text line about the stressful jobs list from people who have the jobs or have had the jobs. Yeah, I'm not... Why is my tax money going to compile that list? What's the criteria? Have any of the bureaucrats making the lists ever had a real job? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah, that is a pretty good question. I mean, it's interesting fodder for talk radio, but why'd you do it in the first place? Right. Especially if it's going to make most people wrinkle up their nose and say, what? That's the most stressful? That's the least stressful? I don't know if I believe that. I would like to apologize to tapers for not knowing of your fine and honorable work. That's the spreading and sea of sealing compound between boards or panels or over cracks, holes, nail heads, or screw heads using trowels, broad knives, or spatulas, et cetera, et cetera, or uh, sealing joints between plasterboard or other wall board to prepare wall surfaces for painting or papering. Okay, that's one of the least stressful jobs. 
Yes. But if you'd have told me it was one of the most stressful jobs, because there's nails and it's easy to fall through the ceiling and you can do so much, I'd have thought, oh, okay. Right. We are discussing Messenger. It's one of the least stressful jobs. You can easily convince people, oh, yeah, I mean, just you're fighting traffic. Uh, some of the stuff is urgent. Some of the packages are bugged. It's one of the most stressful jobs. And everybody say, wow. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so has there been a major shift in the White House's attitude toward Israel? Joe Biden yesterday in a speech at a fundraiser. Now, are these is this on purpose? The, when he's talking at a fundraiser, does he think? Nobody's going to hear this, so it's not accurate? Or is he using these fundraisers to get information out? That's something I would like to know. Because we've had several days in a row of information coming out from private fundraisers where we just get, you know, uh, we, we don't hear the audio or anything. Now, you've posited that he's so old, senile, and out of touch, he doesn't understand that people have phones that can record That's things. That's my take. Uh, which seems plausible, but this other theory years is interesting, too. Anyway, this is what he said yesterday. Biden criticized these Israel Defense Forces, IDF, for bombing Gaza in a speech at a fundraiser in Washington, describing the campaign as indiscriminate and warning that Israel is going to lose international support if it doesn't change course. Israel's security can rest on the United States, but right now it has more than the United States. It has the European Union, it has Europe, it has most of the world. But they're starting to lose that support by indiscriminate bombing that takes place. Uh, That's pretty strong words. How come you're saying it in a closed-door fundraiser uh, and not out? I mean, or are are you just playing to the crowd that's writing your checks right there? Yes, and it enables you to make a public statement without it having the gravitas of a public statement. Well, I hope you're right, and it's not just an old man shooting off his mouth thinking that nobody's going to hear this. Um, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said yesterday that Israel should shift its tactics away from large-scale bombing and toward more targeted operations, and will visit Israel later this week to discuss the timetable for Israel's military offensive. Um, It doesn't have to be that you go from bombing to literally nothing in terms of putting pressure on Hamas, Hamas leadership, it just means you've moved to a different phase from high-intensity operations that we're seeing today. So the administration pushing Israel pretty hard to, and I don't know to what extent there is indiscriminate bombing going on at all anyway. So you Yeah, that's that. a hell of a word. Yeah. Uh, and I could see the Israelis replying, what you're suggesting is that we trade the lives of our soldiers for or our people for their people. Because the so-called targeted stuff you're talking about would be much, much more dangerous. And they hide among the civilian population and in hospitals and schools, which is well documented by everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then how do you not have supposed indiscriminate bombing? Anywho, leading to what's going on on the ground right now, here's Richard Engel, NBC News, last night. Israel is pushing ahead with its devastating ground offensive in Gaza, fighting door to door to overthrow Hamas. Israel is pumping seawater to flood Hamas tunnels in limited areas of Gaza, saying it's unclear if it will work. President Biden speaking earlier at a fundraiser saying Israel is right to take on Hamas and has most of the world supporting them. But they're starting to lose that support by indiscriminate bombing in Gaza. And that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government has to change. You can't say there's no Palestinian state in the future. The administration wants the more moderate Palestinian Authority to take over post-war Gaza. 
But Netanyahu is rejecting that, saying overnight, I will not allow the entry into Gaza of those who educate for terrorism, support terrorism, and finance terrorism. These are pretty big fissures we've got going on here. I think what we're seeing is Israel saying, no, we're not going to try to live next door to a hostile regime anymore, including the utterly corrupt and unpopular Palestinian Authority. So does It didn't work, so... So does Bernie Sanders' voice become many senators' voice, among Democrats anyway, saying, well, then we're not giving you any more money? It looked for a a, a cup of uh, whatever they drink in that part of the world, uh, like there might be peace possible a couple of times. Uh, Other than that, this is the story of my entire life. The unsolvable, intractable problem of Israel and the Arab uh, nations and Muslims and the rest. True, but never with the as heinous an attack as we saw two months and a couple of days ago. Not even close. Right, right. I guess I'm sorry. I didn't make my point very well. Uh, therefore, I think Israel is saying, no, we've been uh, we've been looking at this and working and negotiating and signing international peace deals since Joe Getty was a babe in arms. And we're not doing it anymore. F you. We're going to defend ourselves. And, and you know how we're going to do it? We're going to decimate anybody who, who, who tries to kill us ever again. Because if I'm, if I'm Bibi Netanyahu, especially facing the legal troubles, I'm, I'm just going to do what I got to do to try to protect the country I love. I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, to that day, that horrible day, here's a story I hadn't heard. Richard Engel again on NBC News. Golan Abitvol, a data manager for a pharmaceutical company, was here as Hamas and other militants went house to house, killing and setting fires. Two terrorists just standing casually over there. No one is fighting them. Golan locked his family in a safe room in his house and went outside with his pistol. When you saw that they were focusing on your yeah. place and they were coming yeah. for you, that's when you emptied a magazine. Yeah, and I hit them. They, they were hit. I don't know if I killed anyone. Luckily, the attackers moved on and didn't return. His security camera recorded when Israeli troops did finally come to the rescue 16 hours later. Does that slow response make people here angry? We were supposed to be protected, and we weren't. 16 hours. Impossible to understand how that occurred. 16 hours. If something like that was going on, I'm on the West Coast, I would think they could get some get help from DC to me within 16 hours. Oh yeah, I was kind of, I was picturing like for some reason rural Indiana, probably cuz I'm listening to a band these days from Indiana. Um in rural Indiana, if something crazy happened, there'd be state troopers there within 45 minutes. Right. On the long end, yeah. If they yeah. happen to be far away. Right. Yeah, I know. It's inexplicable. And then how about that story of that guy? That's why they're now processing 3,000 gun permits a day. So that guy, that's a gutsy guy. He not only had a gun, he didn't wait in his house to see if they came to his house, he went out and fired at those dudes. May have killed one or more of them. They left him alone. So the difference between him, his wife, and kids being tortured to death or surviving is he went out there with his guns and took them on. That is mm-hmm. something. That's quite a story.
And I've heard a couple of stories, several stories of that nature. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you squeezed off shots at, at the Hamas guys. But each story has ended the same way. The Hamas guys or the other uh, terrorists and goons and, and murderers thought, well, this is this is a high-risk target. I'm going to go over to that unarmed family and well, yeah. rape and kill them. Yeah, most of the homes are full of peaceniks with no weapons, and we're just going to do all the horrible things we're going to do to them yep. with, with our GoPros on our head because we're animals. Uh, I got one more clip I want to pay for you, play for you right after this. Um, it is a uh, pro Hamas crowd sort of things they say to Jews on the street nowadays. That next. Oh, nice, nice. A much cheerier message here from our friends at HelloFresh. Tis the season for giving and gathering, but what about saving? You can actually save money this month with fresh recipes delivered to you that are cheaper than takeout. Thanks to HelloFresh. Yeah, maybe you have one of those super stressful jobs. You're an anesthesiologist or something like that, and you're eating your feelings. Um, HelloFresh would make it easier and cheaper to eat your feelings. (laughs) With 45 recipes, over 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every week, you'll always find something to love. And I have whipped up some things with HelloFresh. I had no idea I could cook something like that. But, But when all the ingredients are there... And portioned out, and you got super simple instructions for a guy like me? I can actually make this stuff. Yeah, I'm not stressed out. I'm as chill as a taper, but I uh, still love HelloFresh. And HelloFresh sends everything you need to whip up those fresh, tasty meals uh, right to your door. So you can spend your time shopping for gifts, sipping cocoa, and not stuck in the grocery checkout line. It's great. It's a subscription, too. If you don't like it, cancel. Uh, let's see. Get free breakfast for life with the goat Armstrong free at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong free. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. Again, that's the code Armstrong free at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong free. Again, HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong free. Enjoy the delicious food, friends. Um, One more horror thing, and then we'll move on to non-horror. Um, I forget what event this was. This was some uh, pro-Israeli people, Israelis at an event, and you had a pro-Hamas couple in a car drive by with Palestinian flags out the windows yelling this at the Jews. You Occupiers, occupiers, we will kill you all, occupiers. No, no, no. They're just pro the people of Gaza who are being indiscriminately bombed. That's all they are. They want a two-state solution. We will kill you all, occupiers. Saw a speech by a Hamas leader the other day, um, and, I, you know, I was going to play it and read the closed captioning, or the, well, the captioning of it because it was in Arabic, but um, he was uh, talking about globalizing the Intifada, and he said, there are Jews everywhere. People everywhere have an opportunity to kill Jews. It's funny. It, it, it didn't seem like it was about Israel being a Zionist state. So I'm bothered by my taxpayer money being wasted on this whole Bureau of Labor figuring out the most stressful jobs. Hit me with another one of the least <laughs> stressful jobs, like the top 10, least 10 stressful jobs. Just give me a random one. Oh, stand by, Jack. And I'm not sure, well, I'm pretty sure that if we'd have told you the reverse, that what Joe's job is is actually the most stressful, and what mine is would be on the least stressful one, you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Couriers and messengers, tapers, door to door sales workers. Pump operators, except wellhead pumpers, this says. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. 
models. That's funny. I'd be stressed about AI if I'm a model. (laughs) Being a model is one of the least stressful jobs. I mean, on one hand, you're hot and stomping around, but from what I understand, it's hard to get work and make a living. Well, and if I need a hot, brown-haired girl, tall, lanky, large-breasted, full-lipped, petite-eared, no, more petite ears, I'll have AI do it for me. But why is your stomping days are over, sister? <laughs> I don't understand why being a model is one of the least stressful jobs in the world, but being a film and video editor is the second most stressful job in the world. Job includes editing television and movies, and you have to work with producers and directors. Okay, as a model, mm. you have to work with people yelling at you and telling you to lose weight. I mean, I just I don't get this whole thing. It's weird to me. Phone operators. I would would look into the uh, the uh, methodology of it, but I don't care. (laughs) Again, the only thing I care about is they used my taxpayer money to compile this list, and I'll bet it's in the millions of dollars. I almost guarantee it's seven figures to come up with this list. Uh, Phone operators, one of the most stressful jobs. You might have to help people with physical disabilities make a telephone call. All right, it's one of the most stressful things in the world. All right, you say. Furniture finishers, very low stress. They couldn't give a damn. <laughs> they, they got no Fs to give. That's your right. furniture finishers. Yeah, maybe I'll finish it tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> I used to be a model, but it was just slightly too stressful for me. So now I'm doing this. Yeah. yeah I'm the best looking furniture finisher in the state. Hey, Jim, you done with that table? Uh, no. All right. We'll finish it when you can. Didn't you used to be a model? Yeah, I gained some weight. No, I'm doing this. It doesn't matter. Whatever. That coming along? Kind (laughs) of. I don't feel like finishing today. All right. I thought you wanted to be a taper. Yeah, someday. (laughs) Tell you what, rubbing this lacquer on is wearing me out. I wish (laughs) wish I had the simple life of a taper. (laughs) I wish I hadn't eaten so much so I could still stomp around as a model. Do the dudes stomp around angrily like the women? Oh, we need to take a break. I suppose they do. What's the point of being a model if you can't stomp around angrily? Uh, more on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I really thought Sunny um, was going to give me a run, but um, once I saw that she, I don't know where she is. She got a puppy, and so she's retired. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's good also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just went into the field pretty blind, and then I was like, I should race single speed. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. So I did. Congratulations. Thank you. What is that? That is a dude with a slightly effeminate haircut uh, who won uh, a bunch of cycle races, including recently, uh, in the women's category. And the poor, brainwashed, cultist woman who was talking to him said, wow, well, congratulations. Unbelievable. How about you interview more of the second and third place finishers and ask them how they feel about it? Yeah, yeah. Dude with an effeminate haircut whoops up on women in bicycle race. That's the headline. <laughs> um, the Bureau of Labor compiled the most and least stressful jobs for some reason. My job is super easy, said this texter. I'm a county inspector. I just drive around inspecting properties. Usually takes about 20 minutes and I make a six-figure salary. Not a stressful yeah. job, but somebody texted, yeah. I'll bet you the least stressful job is the person who works at the Bureau of Labor and compiles that list. I'll bet that's not very <laughs> stressful. They probably don't ask anything of you. It'd be impossible to do a bad job and get in, tr- and get in trouble. I mean, no chance anybody's going to, this is not up to our government standards on making lists of most stressful jobs. Try it again, or your, t- your ass is grass. That's never yeah. going to Yeah. Yeah friend of mine just put in a pool in an outdoor living area and, and they're so nervous about the county inspector coming by and they're worried about this and the pumps there and the walkway there and then guy comes out he kind of glances yeah. around he says here sign this i've had that experience too before they need to like, even walk up to the house yeah okay and you sign a piece of paper well first you write them a check then you sign the piece of paper bingo that's all it is is a shakedown it really is yeah mm-hmm did you know this happened the other day? Is in Florida, forty-four million dollar jackpot expired, unclaimed. Those lotto jackpots don't hang around forever. And this one was uh, a while back, and uh, nobody grabbed it. Forty-four million dollars—that's a lot of money. That's that's uh, that's uh, you know some of those pots aren't as much as you think they are. You mm. win a million and a half dollars, you get half of that after taxes. Don't go buying everybody you know a house and a Ferrari. You're going to be out of money like really, really quick. You know that's a perfect amount of money. That that jackpot. Forty-four million. You'd keep twenty. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. So you know you're set for life. You can help out your kids. Maybe finance some great charitable endeavors if you if you like to do that sort of thing. Um, but you can't be go nice. ape s like that guy in Southern California who now has like eight houses and. We'll see how he turns out eventually. He right, won. He he right. won a billion dollars. He got actually a billion dollars. It'd be pretty hard to spend a billion dollars. You'd have to work at it. Oh, oh yeah, you'd almost have to squander it. Yeah. Or, 
I don't be get ripped off over and over again. Somebody just stole ten million bucks from me. Eh, who cares? What are you gonna do? <laughs> easy come, easy go. You know, it's the least stressful job being the guy who won a billion dollars in the lottery. <laughs> you know, it'd probably be more stressful than the, it seems. But uh, anyway, it's not likely to happen. I don't play the lottery. In hour four, we can give you the latest immigration statistics, which continue to be amazing. If you miss the segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 